Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two of Biola Backstage. I am your host and station manager, Charlotte McKinley. And this season, I am very excited to bring you some people and professors that maybe you haven't heard of or maybe you have heard of and you always wanted to know a little bit more about. Here with me today is my good friend, Bradley Ploss, who is the director of the upcoming student play, Macbeth. So... How did you get into directing Macbeth? Because you're not a theater major. You're a CMA student. No, but, um, well, I guess, so, I mean, I keep, what I said to all of the actors when we started was like, I'm I'm not a theater person. I'm just here for the language. I'm just a Shakespeare person. That's my only training, right? So, like, um, I don't know if this is inspirational, but I confused stage left, stage right several times in the last couple of weeks like in front of everyone. I the reason the way I got started doing um Shakespeare was um in high school I did a I did a film and it got we we had a I actually made it it, it turned a profit at the theater. We rented the theater for $300 and made more than that. Um and one woman who came to the theater was a woman named Eleanor Georges and she was kind of like went to a church that was related to the church I went to and and she was involved in the youth group sometimes and was just kind of a distant figure. I knew who she was um, and I knew that she did Shakespeare in the summer in a program called Backyard Shakespeare and she reached out to me uh, through the woman who runs the youth group at my in my hometown and said, would Bradley be interested in, in coming on and, and learning about Shakespeare because I had been directing films at that point. And so my, my, the summer of my senior year, I came in and just watched. Um, they were doing Othello, and I just watched. And it was five weeks. I would say probably the last week I started being able to, like, run rehearsals with just, like, basically doing what a stage manager does. Um, but she just gave me a ton of books. I read most of them. Uh, this summer, I didn't want to read that much. <laughs> um, anyway, but I've been working with them. I worked with them for... Uh, three years like f- full time did Othello and then, then the year after that I did Macbeth and then the following year I got to pick my play and I did Twelfth Night and then following summer I had a f- full time job but still came by and helped sometimes and they were doing Hamlet and I got to work on a couple of scenes and I just uh, I, th- I would say ever, ever since then I really missed doing it It's I really enjoyed um, the experience I loved I felt like I felt like up until that point I didn't think I was a very good actors director, um, and that experience really helped me work with actors, and um, I think it helped me with my writing as well because when you're explaining acting to actors, if you have a good script, it's really easy because um, you're just explaining a thought process. Um, and so, anyway, that was the, the, that's the long answer of of I I worked I did Shakespeare for a number of years before I got here. For all of you listeners who don't know, Bradley has been very insistent that he will sell out Macbeth all four nights. Oh, don't say that. Oh, my gosh. No, he has been. Privately, (laughs) like I said to you. (laughs) Anyways, so because your film turned a profit the last time you kind of like did something big like that, are you, is there an expectation that you want this play to turn a profit as it were well we have officially we have a budget of zero so as long as one person shows up and 
Uh, my mom has bought a ticket. <laughs> so we have already turned a profit. Fantastic. And how much are tickets selling for? I believe that that Biola students can get it for as uh, uh, depending on the show because they do they do a matinee and a there's a, a matinees in the afternoon and and I don't know what you call them main shows in the in the evening. Um, if you if you were looking to save money, we don't have any understudies. It's the same cast, so just come to whatever one you'd like. Um, I believe those are for Biola students. They're eleven dollars. You mentioned earlier that you already directed Macbeth when it, you were in high school. Did uh, it was well, no. At that point, it was the summer of my. It was the summer in between my freshman and sophomore year. Of college. College. Okay, so you've already directed Macbeth, but you haven't directed it with Biola students. So yeah. how has that been different? Well, for you? I mean, it's not just that it's Biola students. Yeah. It's I. I. Um, Oh, I don't. I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning. Uh, this was a uh, uh, a summer program for high schoolers. Mm. So I've only ever worked with high schoolers up until this point. So like we had a there was a funny moment a couple, I guess a week ago, um, where we were giving everybody their their notes. Their a, a, the actors were getting their notes, and usually Micah who usually Micah runs that, um, but he wasn't there that day, and so I ran it. So I ran it, and um, and I was telling all the actors where they needed their line cue so if, like if an actor forgets his line in rehearsals he just says line and something somebody reads his line and usually he'll remember sometimes he just is completely not aware of the line and you just read it for him and and then you move on um and so i always mark when people ask for a line reading and i was telling the actors where all their line readings were and then somebody like we got like five pages in and somebody's like you know we know when we ask for a line like we all know that and i'm like oh yeah I guess you're college theater majors, like you're not high schoolers. So like ever there's been a couple of slip ups where I'm like, I'm trying to be respectful because I, I but I've only ever worked with high schoolers. So some every once in a while I'll be probably accidentally condescending like that, like explaining everybody things that they already know in their head. Right. But um, so that's been the biggest change is, is working with older, more seasoned actors. They're way louder. And you don't have to worry about voice cracks most of the time, um, so that's been that's been awesome. What other challenges have you had to go through being a CMA person and then directing a whole bunch of theater kids um, who I, aren't really kids; they're college students. Yeah. But. So at the beginning of this, um, so I got I got like hired, so to speak, by Zach, Professor Bortot, and. Um, and then he's actually he's he's moved on. He doesn't work at the school anymore. And the person that took over his job is pretty obviously very new at her job. And so everybody's doing a great job. Every I'm not I'm not trying to. This is a this is an unavoidable reality of people being new newly hired. Is that when I got there, it was like I didn't I didn't have an assistant stage manager or a stage manager or an assistant director like I do now. I would say especially at the beginning when I when I didn't have any help on in terms of that side of the stage, I'm just saying it's nice to have other. It was nice to have. It's nice to have a theater uh, uh, a theater major, assistant director, or actually theater grad assistant director, and a theater major, um, stage manager and assistant stage manager because they, you know, I didn't know that you're you're required to take breaks. After 90 minutes, you have to take a 10 minute break. Hmm. I think it's within 90 minutes you have to take a 10 minute break. Like stuff like that. It's just like figuring out 
you know, what, what, what's, the, what's the procedure here? What's the process? So I sat through some of uh, the Sweet Surrender callbacks because I wanted to see what callbacks were like. And Dr. Tracy was, you know, didn't say much. People came in. They had, she had already given them their sides, which is like the, the lines that they're going to read. She gave them their sides. They read it. She said, thank you. It was pretty just kind of cut and dry, right? I got, when we did our callbacks, I meet, I kind of immediately recognized I need to tell them what they're saying because it's not like, I don't know when Sweet Surrender was written, but probably in the last 50 years, right? You can just pick that up and understand it. It's a lot different when you're doing something that was written 500 years ago. Um, you know, is it cursed or cursed? How do you tell the difference? You know, suddenly, so, so you know, and, and that's not even, that's just a pronunciation thing. We're not even talking about what's the meaning behind my lines. You know, I gave the porter... There were people auditioning for the Porter part. That was its own separate audition. And I gave them a bunch of the Porter's lines. It's like pretty specific references to like, you know, 1500s British humor. Um, and so I wasn't able to just hand it to them and, and say, read it. I was, I had to, it was a lot more of like a, here's how this goes. Here's how you're meant to do this. So when it came time to, for rehearsals, I think, I asked someone, I'm like, what, is, what do people normally do on the first day of rehearsals? And they're like, oh, they do a get-to-know-you game, and then they do a read-through. And I'm like, well, we can't read through this. And we don't really have time to do a get-to-know-you game because <laughs> we have six weeks. So um, the first week, I was just teaching. I taught, like, poetry. Like, you know, what is a stressed and unstressed syllable? What is, what is an enjammed line? What is a shared line? What is a feminine line? How are you meant to read this? And then the second day, I just taught through the play because, mo I mean, most people know the basic, the gist of the play. But when it comes to, you know, what is actually being said in this very moment, it, it does require a lot of knowledge. Um, even like, I'm thinking about the witches. They have like, you know, they're making their, their potions, but they have like 15 ingredients and you need to be able to keep track of what is what. And a lot of them, it's not something that you could just intuit. So... Um, so we, we got started actually rehearsing a lot later. Like we didn't do our first run through until the last day of the first week. So I understand that I'm doing things a little differently than a theater major. I'm kind of okay with that because this is different than what the theater usually does. I mean, I don't know when the last time they did a classics play like this is. So you're not doing Macbeth in a modern language. It's the original Shakespearean yeah, language. Some, okay, I've gotten that question. I don't really know what that means. Like... Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it as it was written. As like, go to mit.shakespeare.edu. They have the the whole text. We're just doing that. We're not we're not doing the story in modern language. We're just doing the story. Yeah. Nice. So, has that been challenging for your actors? And oh, actresses? definitely, definitely. Yeah. No, it's it's a totally different type of acting. Mm. Um, or it's a totally different way of speaking altogether. Like. If you go, th if you're listening, if you're listening to this, you can pay attention to the way that that Charlotte and I are talking, and um, a lot of the ways that we talk. A lot of people um, don't even finish their sentences, or the ends of their sentences are the least important part. Mm -hmm. um, Shakespeare is the opposite. So if you go through a Shakespeare speech, read. This, I had this what I had the actors do. You go through a Shakespeare speech and you read the first line, first word of every line, and if you read it together, it's gibberish in there could because therefore like it's it's gibberish if you read the ends of the line if the last word or the last two words of each line it actually you actually can get 
a fair amount of information. The ends of the lines are super important. What you, but, but because the language is so hard to say, a lot of times you'll start talking and then you'll trail off mm-hmm. or you'll run out of breath. And so um, the exercise that I learned in Connecticut at Backyard Shakespeare is kick the box, which is you, we actually gave the kids like a cardboard box and you kick it at the end of your line. And the point is that you're supposed to give one extra oomph at the end of your line, right? This is all to say that it is totally different than the way we talk today. It's heightened language. It's poetically done. It's in, you know, it's, it's da, 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 da. That's the, that's the rhythm of it in general. Um, and so, yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed with the, I, I don't mean to be fake and gushing, but I am really impressed with how the actors have kind of adapted to that. Mm. So we've been talking a lot about like the logistics of the play, but right. I realized we didn't actually introduce the play and what exactly it is other than it's Macbeth and it's Shakespeare. Well, I mean, it's 500 years old. This is Rhina, who's doing the marketing, she asked me to tell her what the play was about. Or like, what what are we allowed to say? What aren't we allowed to say? And honestly, I'm like, spoilers for a 500-year-old play? Like, hey, spoiler alert, Macbeth gets beheaded at the end of the play. Like, it's 500 years old. What do you want me to do? Like, people are going to see this because it's Shakespeare, because it's Macbeth. Like, you know, it's been done a hundred times. No, it's been done thousands of times before. It will be done thousands of times since. We're not, the f- we're not the first people to do it. We're not the best people to do it, but we are doing it. So what's the basic plot line? This is hard to say because I could, I could talk about... Th- I've, I have actually lectured on the plot of this play for three hours straight. So I'm, this is a very difficult question to answer for me. Um, and c- concisely, I mean. Give the highlights and lowlights. Okay, so it starts, with, it starts with rebellion. It starts with Norway, actually, um, trying to take over Scotland, and Macbeth beats them back. Um, there are witches that say, um, that decide that they're going to basically just cause trouble. Um, there's really not a lot of, there's really not a lot of rhyme or reason to it. It's just, we're going to, we're going to do it. Um, there's kind of this inevitability and this randomness to it. And so, um, Macbeth gets promoted and the witches prophesy that he's going to get promoted all the way to king. And so, um, rather than waiting for those promotions, he decides to kind of, with the encouragement of his very evil wife, uh, he's he decides to take matters into his own hands and kill the king um, and try to take over Scotland. And so um, I guess that's as far as we we need to go. Um, that's the beginning of the play. There are a lot of other characters, and um, I could talk about it for three hours, and I have before. <laughs> so anytime a... Biola English professor needs a guest lecturer about a Shakespearean play, they should reach out to you? Um, only on the ones I've already directed. I could do Othello, I can do Twelfth Night, and I can do Hamlet. You couldn't even do Romeo and, and Juliet? I I guess I probably could do, I mean, no, not, I mean, not really. Like, it is, I mean, it took me, it took me all summer. I read the play. Um, actually, uh, who teaches Gospel of John? Or who's like the notable professor that te- teaches Gospel of John? Dr. Thaddeus Williams. I think that's probably it. So who, I hope it's him. But um, I had a, my roommate was taking Gospel of John. 
and he, he was telling me that in the Gospel of John class, they had to read the Gospel of John every week for 14 weeks. And I was listening to Zeke describe this, and he was saying, you know, the professor was saying that, you know, you're going to, this is going to seem boring at some point, and then it's going to like click. And it clicks for everybody around the same time. And I thought that was really cool. And, and so what I ended up doing is I read Macbeth aloud three times a week for the whole summer. It takes an hour and a half. And so it was, but, but in addition to that, I did a ton of work. Um, you should see my script. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a psychopath. It's like, I'm just, there's so many notes. Um, but the, the goal with the goal was, and I'm, I actually, I, I'm kind of proud of it because the goal was that an actor could ask me any question about meaning or pronunciation and I could answer it on the spot. And so far, I, I haven't really been stumped. There have been a couple of times that Jake Cohen, who plays Malcolm, has corrected me, um, which is cool. That's really cool that he does that. Um, but so it took me it took me like three months to to figure like to really speak with with at this point, I would say with expertise. I, I understand this play. I would be willing to talk or debate or discuss this play with anyone at the school like do you think you'd do another play a shakespearean play in the future here maybe not here because you're graduating yeah. at some point but you know in the future maybe at a community theater i don't know i don't know is community theater unpaid i, I would really love this i would really love it if this would be the last time i i do a play unpaid Bradley, you could turn a profit if you sell out everything. That's true. That's and, true. And I hear you get better costumes and sets for community theater. What are you talking about? Our set, our costumes are great. We're wearing all black. We're we're styling. <laughs> You're styling. <laughs> and the set? Uh, what about the set? I don't like come to the play. You can see the set if you come to the play. I'm not gonna give all that away. That's how. That's you know. That's our take on it. Like that's that's the part that can be spoiled. So what has been your absolute favorite part about directing? Um, there have been a couple. One of them was we we're doing some marching in the play. And it's very, it's okay, I'll just say this. It's very cool to me doing, when we did the blocking. So blocking is all of the movement of the actors. Um, and when we did, when we're working on the blocking, the goal is that it would give the actors more confidence. Um, and to see that actually play out, like, like I know the play is good, whether my direction is good or not, the play is good. Um, my, the blocking that I came up with or that we were working on together as a collaboration, that doesn't, that not, that isn't necessarily good. That could be bad. That could drag the play down. It could make the play worse. Um, but to see the blocking give the actors confidence so I saw this with the witches um, when they were, when we were we were around the. They're they're gonna have a little cauldron, uh, when they're working around it and they're interacting with uh, Macbeth played by Jesse. Like once they got their scripts out of their hands, once they had it memorized and they were like, you know, like kind of. I mean, I know people are listening to this, but like, kind of like his, their fingers were peering over his shoulder and like they were kind of poking out and looking at him and being all funny like that. I just kind of got to watch them get it and get really excited i the same thing happened with the guys um the our army uh when we started marching 
as soon as we started marching, everybody got louder. Everybody got more into it. Uh, people, we were having a lot of fun that day, you know? The second thing, the second that, so the blocking would be the first thing that I really enjoyed. The second thing is just, you know, the language, the, 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 the play means a lot to me in terms of the, the, the depth of its meaning and the, the just kind of showing like the power of language. Um, like this is the best thing. I don't know. Once, once you kind of realize like this is the best thing that's ever been written in English, like there's something really awe-inspiring about that. And it, it takes a while to learn that because, you know, it just seems so unobtainable when you first start reading it. And it's been so cool to watch some of the actors f find that of like, I had, I, there was one actor who came up to me and was like, I memorized this line this weekend and like, it's so such a good line and he like couldn't even articulate why it's such a good line but i knew and he knew it's so good and one of it one of the things is like just there's so much complexity to it you know i know it sounds like they're saying that it's just a lot of talking and it's a lot of words to say very little but that's not true every word adds to this um and i think people once the actors who are realizing that it's really exciting for me to see because i know what that feeling was and i had that feeling I guess almost five years ago now. As we're wrapping up our time here, Bradley, how about you give us a 15-second pitch oh, gosh. of why you should watch Macbeth, and I will start the timer and show you it right now and cut you off at 15 seconds, no matter if you're in the middle of a sentence or anything. The music is just going to start to play. Okay. Okay, ready? Three, two... You should uh, come see Macbeth on October 21st through 23rd because uh, there is quite possibly nothing better that you could do. Is that it? Hey, you you <laughs> cut me off. I wanted five. I wanted five powerful seconds of silence for people to contemplate that. Okay, well we can do it again. All right, Ready? let's do it again. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? Three, two. You should come to Macbeth. Uh, on October 21st through 23rd because there is probably nothing better that you could do. The the play, this play has, people are going to laugh. I mean the actors, you might not, but the, the actors are laughing, they're crying, they're getting really angry, they're spitting, they are... Uh, swearing as much as Shakespeare allows us to swear um, there's blood there's witchcraft there's um, people are running around people are getting stabbed like it's, it's heightened language you know it's just to me this is the perfect this is the culmination this is the perfect representation of what the power of theater is um, I just want this to be something that is super um, emotional and and just grips people, and I just really want people to enjoy this. People are standing up. At, there, uh, I think there's one scene where people sit, or two. Now I'm thinking of a couple. But people are standing for 99% of the play. Like, I want people to stand up. Like you're, It's like that movie, Stand and Deliver, right? You stand up and you deliver this powerful language that is just going to be a force. And so, um, so that's my long-winded, not 15-second, not TikTok-suitable answer to why you should see the play. It's, it's, 
but also you have nothing better to do. I'm very excited to see Macbeth. I don't know which session I'll be going to. Wait, you don't call them sessions. You call them showings. Performance. Performances. I don't know which play I will see. Whether it, Are there four? There are four. Okay. Ready? Okay. I have this memorized. October okay. 21st at 7.30. That's a Friday. Then on Saturday, we're doing two shows. One at 2.30, and it's cheaper. And one at 7.30. And then on Sunday, we're doing another show at 2.30, also cheaper. Fantastic. That's going to be the one to go to. The Sunday one? Yeah. It's like, you know, they've done at that point, we've already done it three times. So everybody knows how to do it the best. Yeah, it's going to be the best one. Okay. Well, well, I'll... actually, that might be true. <laughs> like, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I have my I have my hopes on Saturday night. Will probably also be really good. Anyways, Bradley, thank you so much for joining us on Biola Backstage. I look forward to watching the play and cheering you on very loudly when the cast points to you as the director. I'll stand up and yell as loud as possible. Oh boy. <laughs> and with that. We will see you next time.